You are listening to Pod Save the Rest of Us. Thank you for tuning in. Easy going, easy come. Where'd you get your info from? I found mine on Reuters. All right. Hey, before we get started, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Do your skin a solid with solid lotion bars. Your body heat melts these extremely moisturizing bars into usable lotion. Packaged in portable tins, these are great for the gym, travel, gift giving, and good for any person who's on the go. With many options to choose from, there's a solid bar just for you. My personal favorite is Citrus Bursts. So pod save the rest of us listeners. Do us and your skin a solid by supporting our sponsor. Please visit Solid today at www.solidlotionbar.com. And to get your unlimited use savings, use the coupon code PODSAVE. Trust me, your skin will thank you. Welcome back to Pod Save the Rest of Us. We are your hosts, Elizabeth Stanley and Karen Castro. We have been working in the offseason to bring you stories of 10 vastly different women who, through the resiliency, have beaten the odds and nevertheless persisted. We walked away from these interviews feeling inspired. We hope you do too. If you like the episode, please subscribe, rate, and review us and help us get these stories out into the world. Enjoy the episode. Our guest on this week's show was our inspiration for season two, Resiliency. Zoe Zest for Life and her inner drive to exceed everyone's expectation has been so gratifying to witness. We hope from this episode you are both amazed and inspired. Chloe was a student in my PE class way back in the early 2000s. She was in 10th grade at this time. She was and continues to be full of life. The other kids nicknamed her Cheetah because she was so fast and always had so much energy. She walked into our interview wearing her signature favorite color, pink. I think pink is brilliant. It's like my wild side. What pink means for me is that it makes me unique, and it's like my sparkle that no one else can dull except me. So it's like me, you know, it's like a way for me to shine my myself physically to the world, that I am a beautiful person and that I am a beautiful person with a lot of potential and success in resilience. Throughout high school, Chloe was learning to adapt to life with autism and understanding what that meant for her. I was always amazed at her resiliency. Chloe showed always in the face of adversity. Often the very people that were meant to support her educational aspirations were the very ones telling her they were far out of her reach and they insisted that she stay in special education classes instead of allowing her to be mainstreamed as she and her mom had requested. I've stayed in touch with Chloe through the years and I'm so impressed with how she pushes herself to face fears and live her life on her own terms. Autism affects one out of every 59 kids born today and this has increased by 120% between the years 2000 and 2010. There's been a lot written about autism in the last few years as its prevalence has done nothing but increase. We were interested in getting a first-hand account from a woman who has navigated through autism her, her entire life and has come out ahead. 
Chloe explains her condition. My clinical definition for my disability is autism is neurological disorder that affects um, ability to communicate and uh, and socialize. Uh, basically, it's about it, it's about people's um, people have impairments with social um, communication skills. What this meant to me when I first heard and began to understand it. It was a long time ago, in the 1990s, when my mom first told me that I have Asperger's. And I told her, well, what does that, what does that mean? And she told me, well, it means where you think differently from other people. No one ever told me that it was a disability or a disorder until later in my life. We spent time researching the difference between autism and Asperger's syndrome and it's difficult to get a clear, straightforward definition. One of the major differences was that, by definition, there's an absence of speech delay in Asperger's syndrome. In fact, children with Asperger's disorder frequently have good language skills. They simply use language in a different manner. However, in 2013, the American Psychiatric Association grouped Asperger under the umbrella of autism spectrum syndrome, and now people are diagnosed along a spectrum from mild to severe. Asperger's, well, for me, it's my condition. It's no longer called my disability. I call it my condition now because Asperger's, it's just, Asperger's is something that, it's a challenge that someone lives with. It's, um, it's a mind challenge for me yeah. because, you know, there's, there's the autistic world and there, and there's the physical world of people who don't have the disorder. According to WebND, more than half of the kids are diagnosed with autism after the age of five. The age is decreasing as pediatricians are becoming better at screening earlier. Chloe was first diagnosed in elementary school. When I was nine, my therapist that I've been seeing in Oakland, that at that time you know, um, said that this sounds like I have Asperger's syndrome. And then I got the real diagnosis in 2004 when I was um, 13. At first, Chloe had a hard time understanding what that meant for her. Well, I didn't understand it because no one told me it was a disability when I was a child. My mom just told me, well, it's where you think differently from other people. I didn't know that, you know, it's where you have behavioral problems with socializing with others. The thing is with disorders is that sometimes you can get some of the symptoms sometimes um, some symptoms may be more milder than others and some may be more severe than others for me i don't have all the full symptoms of autism having autism has created some difficulties for chloe throughout her young life chloe has often had to overcome people's judgment of her which all have stemmed from her condition I feel like people don't understand because because there's always someone who's always got to doubt my abilities. And the problem with having this diagnosis is when you explain it to people sometimes, sometimes they think, sometimes they try to look for something wrong or they believe something's wrong, which is not always the case. For autism, it's like, you know, a challenge you live with. It's, it's something you live with. It doesn't like hold you back or prevent you from doing anything. It's where you might do things a little differently, but it doesn't prevent you from, you know, doing things. I mean, for some people on the spectrum or on the lower end of the spectrum, 
Sometimes they could have a lot of impairments because they're more severely affected by the disorder. Autism can manifest itself in several different ways for Chloe. She tends to fixate and procrastinate. In order to overcome these manifestations, Chloe has specific ways to move on. She's very honest about her weaknesses and she really exhibits a willingness to work through them. Well, I tr sometimes I try to put things in perspective so I don't get too anxious. Sometimes, you know, I just try to be as resilient as I can. And when I fixate, you know, sometimes, you know, I just have to talk about it just to get it out of my system. It helps me move on from it easier when I talk about it to get it out of my system. I also tend to fixate, which I'm still working on that. And I tend to procrastinate, which I'm still working on that. Trying to fix my weaknesses. Chloe was raised by her mom in the San Francisco Bay Area. The fight to get Chloe a good, fair education has always been difficult. So my mom raised me when I was growing up. She was basically, you know, the one who fought for my education. Chloe attended two different elementary schools and was intermittently homeschooled. Chloe's mom wanted her in a, in a mainstream classroom with access to a good education. But there were problems that arose throughout her years in elementary, starting at Edison Elementary. Remember, this was before Chloe's diagnosis. Well, at Edison, um, my mom became angry with the school because I was... I was being bullied a lot on the playground. I didn't really have friends, and the teacher didn't really do much about it. So she had no choice but to pull me out. After leaving Edison, Chloe's mom enrolled her in a private school for kindergarten. But um, I went to a private school, which is kind of like an elementary school. I went there for kindergarten, and that's when I started. That's when we started noticing a lot of the behavioral problems with autism. Mm -hmm because I went to Peter Pan Elementary School for kindergarten. I was about four and a half to five years old at the time. And the thing is, the problem is I had is, I was, I remember my teacher's name. Her name was Miss Mitchell, and I was in her class for kindergarten. But the behavioral issues that I had was I would, I would bother other kids in class. And I remember one day actually, got mad at Miss Mitchell and actually hit her hand and I got in trouble. I got sent to the principal's office, Miss Lucas. So she was a really strict woman. And every time I would get sent to her office, she would be really, really stern and really intimidating. But I actually got kicked out of that school because the school told my mom, well, there's something wrong with your child. We don't know what it is. We don't want to hear anymore. After being kicked out of the last school, Chloe's mom made the decision to educate Chloe at home for all of fourth and midway through the fifth grade. At the end of fifth grade, and given the potential of this possible diagnosis and the discriminating treatment Chloe faced, Chloe's mom looked for a better education system for her child. The search prompted a move to Pleasanton, California, where Chloe thrived through middle school, earning a 3.3 GPA at Pleasanton Middle School. Although thriving in the Pleasanton School District, adolescence kicked in for Chloe and her behavioral problems seemed to be escalating. With her uncontrollable outbursts and now a true diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome, a decision to place Chloe in a group home 
was prompted and she began attending James Logan High School. The group home was in Union City, thus Chloe had to navigate another school district. Yeah, I was 14 when I moved into this group home. It was um, a group home on Hartnell Street in uh, Union City. And uh, the reason I moved there is because I was having issues at home because, you know, as adolescents, you know, you go through a lot of emotional issues Mm -hmm. with your parents. So I'm... So I decided to go there because, you know, me and my mom had a talk about, you know, me going to a group home and stuff. And uh, she used to take my my music away from me. But she said, if I go to a group home, she'll let me take my music with, with me. So I made that sacrifice to go ahead and move out there so I can bring my CD player and stuff. So I went out there. It was very nice at first, very nice house. But the group home administrator... After after about a year or so living there, um, the group home's administrator's husband went to Iran for some time, and he started having a lot of issues, you know, with his family and things. But when he came back, was when he started, you know, things started to get really, really rocky at home. I mean, sometimes he would raise his voice, and uh, there was um, the information that I knew that the that I got from them was. You know, his mother was sick and she was dying. So when he got back from Iran, um, he started showing yeah, a lot of anger over things like, you know, sometimes the group home administrator's husband would call me names and curse at me. And sometimes he would get mad when I would stim in the house. I said, you know, my daughter's autistic. That's what she does. Stim is to engage in a behavior that helps you to engage in emotional balance. Autistic people are taught to use this as a way of regaining control. Things came to a head at the group home when Chloe started having vision problems. Well, the day I was brought home was when, you know, I was in high school and I started having some some vision problems. And I think it might have been due to all the stress that was going on at home. So my mom, you know, came over, um, came out to Union City. She took me to the hospital and took me to the pediatrics, and uh, they checked my eyesight. Um, They didn't find anything physically wrong, but um, my mom did talk to the doctor, and um, she told them that, you know, there's been a lot of problems going on in the group home, and the doctor just told her, well, just take her home. Don't let her stay there anymore. So that night, my mom took me home, and she called the group home and said um, that I'm not going to be coming home that night. Uh, and she didn't want to go back there and pull me back out herself because because she was afraid that, you know, the group home's administrator's husband was going to yell at yeah. us if, you know, they found out that I was moving out. So um, that night, um, it was a lot better. I got to sleep back in my own room in my mom's house. But the next morning when she came to pick me up, um, we had to have a big a big guy there with my caseworker. But after um, we got all my stuff out, we didn't really have boxes or anything. We just had to load everything up in my mom's car because I was just eager to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And on the way home, we had a discussion, you know, that my mom told me that, you know, don't tell them this until we move you all the way out of there. But the discussion was that they will know that they lost their group home license because they were violating some of the rights. And they no longer get to have a group home because of how they treated you. After leaving the group home, Chloe moved into her mom's house in Pleasanton, California. 
It was at this time Chloe was enrolled at Amador Valley High School, which seemed like it would be a better fit for Chloe's needs. But when she enrolled at Amador, she was put in the disabled class and had an IEP. This created an uphill battle for Chloe. An IEP is an individual education plan. The plan is formed by a psychiatrist or psychologist, caseworker, guardian, and all her teachers. Essentially, each student receiving an IEP receives his or her own education action plan. So I did have an IEP in high school. My IEP stated that Chloe's disorder of autism affects her ability to to do well and academically. It especially frustrated Chloe given that she knew she had the intellect and ability to do well. I knew that I had the intellect. It was very frustrating. I mean, I lost two years of academics in high school. As you know, I was put in the, you know, disabled class, and I really didn't feel like I belonged there because I had a lot of independent skills at home and I was using them. As part of the disabled education classes, Chloe was forced to take field trips that she felt were a waste of her time. For example, her class would have outings to the laundromat or to the grocery store. These were activities Chloe was already doing successfully at home. I did really didn't like going on the field trips in the special education class. They just were things that I was already really good at doing at home and that I didn't really need to learn more about. I really didn't like that they wrote in my IP meeting that my disorder of autism impairs my ability to do well in mainstream classes. Chloe had to fight for education and her own right to graduate from high school. They underestimated me, but I wasn't allowed to graduate, which was really disappointing. They wanted me to get a certificate of completion, and that's not the same as a high school diploma. I mean, when I, I had actually fight for them to get me to, to take other classes besides being in that special education class all day, mm-hmm. but I was only allowed art and PE. And I took all those classes and got straight A's. Mm -hmm. So if I can get a straight A in an art class, which is an academic class, then I can do well in pretty much any high school class. At this point, Chloe left Amador Valley High School and attended Village High School, which is a continuing education school. Well, after after I got out of Amador, you know, I went to Village High School and spent um, about a year in the adult transition class. The adult transition class is like a life skills class where you just go to work every day and it's not real jobs like getting like career or anything. It's just where you just go to work and you earn a paycheck and the money goes towards funds for class activities. But I actually hated it because I didn't really get to be myself when I was there because the people in that class would judge me, you know, for having a passion about Hello Kitty and Color Pink stuff like that, I really didn't get to really be me. And I felt like when I got to college, I really got to be me because I met people who were more open and understanding. Chloe decided not to finish at Village High School. Again, she felt her IEP was making it difficult to get the education she deserved. Well, I didn't finish there. I didn't finish there. I actually pulled myself out. We had an IEP, a final IEP, um, towards the beginning of 2010. So I had an IEP, and uh, before that IEP, my mom took me up to Las Positas College, and we talked to um, the Disability Resource Center. I met a counselor there, and um, I told them that we told them that I was I wanted to get into college, start classes, 
And he, he wrote a letter saying, you know, Chloe is, um, she's very interested. I think she has the intellect and capability to do well here. And they, I sent a copy of that letter to the transition class for my IEP meeting. So when we had the IEP meeting, I said, I, you know, I've decided to leave to go to college. And it was kind of stressful because I didn't think they were going to let me go because they wanted to keep me there till I was 22. I didn't feel like I could stay there till I was 22 because getting real job skills means that, you know, you have, you have, you go through academia and you gain the knowledge necessary in this and the in perspective on the world necessary to do well in a job. You don't just go to work every day and earn a paycheck. Yeah. Chloe made the decision to earn her GD on her own. So when I got when I was um, going to pursue my GED, I was looking at all these schools online that's you know specialized in GED testing, mm-hmm. and I didn't have the GED course. I didn't take it because I didn't want to you know spend a lot of money on it because. You know, the GED test, it comes with, you know, a battery of tests that you have to take. But the first uh, couple times, I didn't pass it. You know, it is a hard test, and it's, you know, it's like two hours. We have to bubble in all these answers. And uh, the first two times, I was so disappointed that I didn't pass the exam. But the third time I passed it, and it was online, I did take my time, yes, yeah. so... But I did find myself to do really well in the writing and language arts part. The mathematics and history part was a little more challenging because those are those are non-compelling subjects for me. Once gaining her GED, Chloe was excited to start taking classes at Las Positas Junior College. I start well. The first class I took at Las Positas College. Um, I took career and educational planning class, and it was a fun class. I had a very nice professor. She was very kind, and I, I made friends there. And towards the end of the semester, one of my friends actually bought me a birthday cake, which was so nice, and it was pink. <laughs> but um, I I did really well in that class. I mean, I did all the homework, and, and I ended up getting an A in that class. So I ended my first semester of college with a 4.0 GPA. First semester, I decided to keep keep going, keep pursuing college, and you know, over time, I I took some really hard classes at Las Positas, and I got really angry and stressed out, but I ended up passing. And Chloe went from high school, where her teacher said she wasn't going to be able to function in mainstream classes, to graduating from her junior college with honors and two AA degrees. My AAs, I have two associate's degrees. I have an associate's degrees in social science and one in psychology. Well, I was an honor student at Las Positas College, which is part of the National Honor Society in Psychology. I earn, I earned 13, um, awards from the Honor Society. Always earned an award at every, every ceremony we went to. And I was, uh, had two officer positions in the psychology club. I was events coordinator and secretary for two semesters. It definitely was not an easy path for Chloe, but she persisted. While we're wrapping things up at Las Pacinas College, Chloe applied to four-year universities to continue her education. Although Chloe didn't get her first choice, which was UC Berkeley, she did earn admissions to UC Davis, where she's currently majoring in psychology with a minor in education. 
She is proud of earning admissions to such a prestigious college. UC Davis has been a great place for Chloe to be able to explore and discover her passions. Being at Davis was a great place for me to discover my new interests, for me to discover what I was what I was good at that I didn't know I would be good at. Education, field of education is like really something I wish I could major in, but there's no major offered here at Davis, so I have the minor in education. And I got mostly straight A's in my classes. Chloe's working at an internship during the school year. So I interned at the UC Davis um, Student Garden. I work with uh, kids. I got to teach kids in the garden and set up um, set up learning activities for them, which was really, really nice and fun. And I was really good at it because, you know, every time, um, every um, intern day that I had, I always, you know, thought to myself, well, I think there's something that I'm not quite good at here that I need to work on. We asked Chloe who she turns to when she needs some help. I turn to um, turn to my independent living support system. I turn to my family. I turn to my advisors here. I have two few really good advisors who understand me really well here at Davis. It's so hard to find people who understand you. I mean, the the wise thing is is that you know there are a lot of people that know me, but there are very few that understand me. Chloe's 2018 summer was filled with a new adventure as she participated in a study abroad program. I've studied abroad in Argentina. Best time ever have here. Yes, by myself, and it was the first time I ever flew in my lifetime. So the goals were that we were going to complete um, complete your topics in Latin American um, cultures class. So, and we were going to um, do journaling as part of the um, cultural experience. And where we were staying was, we were staying in the Color Botanico's apart- apartments. And this was located in Palermo, which was a small province in Buenos Aires. After an amazing experience studying abroad, Chloe wanted to participate in another study abroad program, but due to her perceived special needs, she was denied enrollment. Chloe shares with us her Facebook post, which she used to express her disappointment. So I officially got a straight A in my topics in Latin American class during my, my stay in Argentina studying abroad. Since last year and this year, I've been denied enrollment for two study abroad programs just because people think that I need special accommodations to study abroad. It was so difficult to convince people that I was able to do this in spite of any challenges one can face in a foreign country. As you know, I have a condition of Asperger's and there's always somebody out there that's got to doubt my abilities and that is the biggest struggle I face having this diagnosis. It's not so much the nature of of my condition that's difficult, it's people's ignorance and lack of emphasis on ableism that's a problem. Going to Argentina for a month was my chance to show that I have way more potential than people think, and I proved them wrong. Surprisingly, I've dealt with a lot, struggled some, feared with uncertainty going on my first flight, but most of all, I've learned, and I know more than I did before, and I think that's all that matters. After coming back from her summer in Argentina, Chloe's excited about her upcoming quarter at UC Davis, and her senior year. I'm graduating next year, 
So excited. I'm so close to having my bachelor's degree. Chloe is working on applying to graduate school and hasn't given up on UC Berkeley yet. It is her top choice for grad school. She has many career aspirations and goals. For my future career, I have a dream of educating teachers, administrators, and students and parents around the world different ways of thinking about education and reforming the definition of autism and what that means to go through schooling having this type of disorder. In the field of education, I want to be a teacher who sets the example that education is a practice of freedom among all students with diverse backgrounds. I would like to take the initiative to learn from all my students and allow them to share their ideas, to become who they want to be, and come up with ways I can enrich my curriculum to meet the needs of my students and help teachers teach autistic kids. By doing international teaching, I want, would want to help other countries that are not so knowledgeable in autism or need ideas on how to improve their education systems for special needs students. I can so, I can really, really see myself traveling the world teaching, inspiring so many people. Gaining an education and earning her degree at UC Davis has been a battle for Chloe and her ever-supporting mom. Based on stats from the Autism Society, 30% of autism young adults ages 19 through 23 have not had a job or received education beyond high school. Chloe is living proof of what one can achieve through dedication and persistence. It's been years of proving people wrong and proving she has the intellect and dedication to excel in academia. She's proud of me, but in some way she's told me that it kind of makes her mad because she's mad at the people who didn't believe her, saying that there's something wrong with your child, that they're not, your child's not gonna, never gonna be able to live independently or go to school or nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, my mom once told me that she wishes she could take all my success and go back and rub it in people's faces who told me who thought that I could never do well in school. She's kind of been the antagonist against those who have have thought that, you know, there's something wrong with me, I'm never going to be normal. With an understanding that time is so fleeting, so valuable, Chloe has a life action plan. Ever goal-oriented, Chloe is driven daily to be a success story. What drives me to pursue my goals is that I kind of have my life planned out in a way that I want to um, achieve things by a certain time because life goes by really fast. Yeah. So I want to achieve a lot of things, you know, before, you know, my, my 30s and my 40s. Striving for her own path, Chloe is mindful of the prospect of having her own family. I do want to have my own family. I do. I've been wanting to find Mr. Wright for a long time now. But my concern is that... I mean, I want to find someone who would understand and accept me for who I am and look at my autism as something that's inspiring and uh, and something that, you know, can be taught to other people to help them understand and broaden their worldview on what it means. When discussing a family, naturally, the prospect to having a child with Asperger syndrome is a reality that has prompted much thought and consideration by Chloe. No, I kind of thought about that. If I had a child that had autism, I think I would um, try to teach them um, different ways of looking at their autism. 
I wouldn't treat them as somebody who's disabled. I mean, if they did have a lot of impairments, I would try to work with that and see what I can bring out of them. That would be successful. But if I had children overall, I would, I would not let my disorder of autism get in the way of me showing them unconditional love. Because I feel like, you know, if they were my children, then I feel like they would deserve that from me. Yeah. Growing up, Chloe didn't know she had a disability. The world has a way of trying to make us feel different. Chloe simply will not allow society to think less of her. She goes out every day earning respect through tenaciousness and, of course, her sparkle. Now that I've um, overcome and achieved so many things today, my diagnosis means that I'm different and I'm not less and that I have the intellect and the capability to achieve pretty much anything I put my mind to because I'm very resilient and I'm very persistent and articulate when it comes to setting my goals. When it comes to autism, Chloe has a message for all of us. My message to the world is I think people need to need to broaden, you know, the definition of autism more. I, th- I don't think, you know, in terms of medical language about what doctors think and and understand and know about it, there's much more to to looking at autism as a whole than to just looking at, you know, the the psychological parts of it that may be difficult or may be somewhat impairing for for people. There is no care for autism. I mean, they have um, what's called cognitive behavioral therapy and they have um, stimulation therapy, but I don't think that's really the way to treat autism. I think in order to, to treat autism and understand autism, you have to look at it from, from those who understand, who understand it, um, having their own experiences with it, and you have to kind of, you know, Look at the logistics of what it means to each person on the spectrum. Chloe is optimistic, and she shows us that anything can be viewed as a gift. I see it more as a gift because as a gift, you know, I'm making a lot of people proud having it. Mm-hmm. So for me as a gift, you know, it's something that I can use and put in perspective in writing. It's something that, you know, I can help people expand their horizons on a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because I think today, disability, you know, it's a social construct. We have all these ways of thinking about it, but in terms of how we treat people with disabilities, it's not always the right way to go about it. Chloe, through our interview, helped me to understand autism and subsequently Asperger's syndrome. And she did so when she expressed how she is different, but by no means can anyone view her as less. Different, but not less. I believe that when I really started to get a more decent education, different but not less means that, you know, I'm different in ways that people might think that are, that might, that are abnormal or might not seem like, you know, might seem wrong with me, but, but I have, but I, but I'm not less in terms of my potential. I have more potential than people think. Chloe is determined to stay focused on her potential, so naturally her favorite saying would reflect this belief of Chloe's. Favorite saying? Yes. The future depends on what you do today. As I mentioned at the beginning, Chloe inspired our focus for season two. 
I have witnessed in awe how Chloe continues to plow right through obstacles. Statistics have shown us that Asperger's syndrome has held many people back. However, it will not and cannot hold Chloe Rankin back. Chloe is the living embodiment of the saying, nonetheless, she persisted. Chloe shows us that only limits to our success are those we impose upon our own self. We hope Chloe reminds you, as she does us, we have unlimited potential in a vastly wonderful world. So find your sparkle and shine. Please contact your local regional disability support group to learn more and to support the services they offer. This episode was engineered and produced by Elizabeth Stanley and Karen Castro. We want to thank our contributors, Hunter Lewis and Robert Stanley for theme music, Danny Burns for transition music, Justice Stanley for web and social media content, Jasmine Smith for web design, Caprice Hall for graphic artwork, and our sponsors, Solid Lotion Bars and the JEI Learning Center. If you wish to find us, you can find us at www.podsavetherestofus.com as well as on Instagram at podsavetherestofus. You can also find us on Twitter at Save the Rest of Us. We'd like to remind you to please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in.